Today's guest is someone who played over 600 times spanning over an 18-year period. He spent 13 of those 18 years here at Lincoln, making a remarkable 469 appearances. The numbers speak for themselves, don't they? The term hoof has followed him ever since City fans will care to remember. It is, of course, the one and only Grant Brown. Grant, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Hoof Grant Brown, we have to start with the nickname. A, does it ever get old? And B, where does it come from? Uh, never gets old. It's great to be if you're walking down the street and you know, sometimes people shout across hoof and it's, uh, I take it as a term of endearment. Um, never gets sick of it. It's, it. It came about, I think, I used to be called, I used to, well, I used to hear in the crowd, ooh, Grant Brown. And I remember one that uh, we were playing away at Darlington one day, families in the crowd, and uh, then it just came out. Ooh turned into hoof. And I thought, Oh, I thought that's different, but it, it, it stayed for me from then. I think it's probably early 92, 91, 92, something like that. So it's been, I've been having that uh, name for the last 30, 33 years. So 33 years. I mean, back, back then the idea of, of hoofing the ball, getting the ball, winning it and, and sort of getting it away was seen as a positive, which is funny how now we've come full circle and almost it's, it's seen as a negative within professional football. How do you think you would have coped with, with playing now? <laughs> um, I think we'd have adapted. I think that's that's the big the thing. You see, if you if you're training every day, day in day out, doing the same, doing that sort of playing out from the back, and and that um, you you adapt to it, and um, you get used to doing it. We were asked to do certain things. We were asked to defend. We were asked to head it, clear it. The better players stood out. I mean, the the ones that could play. Matt Carbon came at a time when and he played centre back at times, and he and he um, uh, he played out. And, uh, but most of us, most of us just, we were told, don't mess about with it, get it cleared, whether it's over the stand, if it's wherever it is, just get it, just get it cleared. If it stays in play, it's a bonus. And Matt was unbelievable for you, wasn't he? He was one of the players that you most enjoyed, I think, playing with, really. Matt Carbon was a good player. He was, um, a young lad. He, we played him up front at times and, uh, but he, he settled into a centre back role and he was, he was a good player. I still see him now. So he even he has a, a part of a, an academy, and uh, still see him. And he's, he's he's still the same lad. Same, you know, you, you bump into people, and he's, he's he hasn't changed. Might put on a couple of pounds, but but haven't we all? So, uh, um, and we'll come on to your academy shortly as well. But just sticking with the sort of direct football theme, do you think there's a room for that in the game now? We've just seen. You know, at the start of last season, of course, Luton are now in the Premier League. Yeah. At, certainly at the time of, of recording. But not many teams go down the direct route. Do you ever think we'll be at a point where teams see direct football as a positive again? I think we the, the game evolves all the time and it changes. So you, you'll have bits where it's, where it's, it's running with the ball, white wingers who, who double pass players, and you have bits where now it's playing out of the back of total football. The amount of goals that get conceded from that is um, would question whether whether they should stick with it, but. Um, I don't. I don't. I think it'll. I think it'll evolve. I think it'll. It'll mix it up a little bit. You'll see success from teams that that go long, that play direct, because other teams are not used to playing against it. And if you've got the right personnel in the right positions and the right the players that w- that will play those balls, those passes, because some some of the players now I'm not going to play that pass. I'm going to. I don't. That's not. That's not me. I don't do that. But um, Luton had success with it. Uh, I think the Championship teams get uh, get success. It'll be interesting to see how. Um, how Luton cope and whether they change, evolve a little bit or whether they do the same thing. If they do the same thing, they might struggle because centre-halves now in the Premier League are 
six four, six five, and you know they're, they're big lads, and they 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 can they can deal with the direct play, and I think they can be the, and they can play as well. So be interesting. Now you've lived in this city for over thirty years, but of course born in Sunderland. Thirty years is a long time, isn't it? Does it does this place feel more to you like home now than the place that you were born? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've lived more of my life here than I have anywhere else. So I'm uh, an adopted Lincolnian. So uh, um, family are all most well. My wife's side of the family are all from here. So uh, yeah, I'm very settled in Lincoln. I won't. Uh, I can't see myself going back up to the northeast. I go up to see my brother and family, but just as a as a visit. Now, I'm pretty rubbish with numbers, but by my reckoning, it was four times you were a caretaker manager Ooh. at this club. Is that right? Uh, I'm sure it was at least four. Yeah, <laughs> three, I think. I think it was, was it three. Oh, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was three, two or, th- two or three. God. Someone needs to update that Wikipedia page then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, but, but, but either way, three. Not many people get the opportunity of being a caretaker manager three times. I mean, that must be a, not not a necessarily a record across football, but it must run a lot of people close. For you, what were those times like? Sort of stepping into the to the fray and and being yeah. you know having all eyes on you, particularly at this stadium. How did you find that? The the first time it was it was uh, after John Scofield left. And he was a big mate of mine that, uh, or is a good friend of mine. And uh, um, I was, it was very reluctant. I was nowhere near ready to, to take, take the reins for the team. Um, you know, he, he, I, was, I think I'd have been coaching for about a year. And uh, so I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for him. So, uh, and I felt really bad for, for John because He'd, he'd done remarkably the season before. The, the team had been brilliant. I think they'd, they'd just they'd got beaten in the playoffs. And then the following season, few injuries and a few... Um, obviously, results hadn't gone well. You don't lose your job unless the results weren't going well. But it the felt atmosphere, like a hangover, didn't it? Yeah. It, it, it just never got going again after that, that um, the playoff defeat. And uh, it just... Didn't happen in the, in the uh, for the team, so uh, he moved. And I, I didn't really. I was when I got called up to the uh, to the boardroom to um, to see the chairman and say like you, you would like you to take charge for the next couple of games. And it was like, don't really want to. Don't really. I feel sorry. I feel bad for my mate, and I'm nowhere near ready to to do this. Mm. And uh, but the the group of players that were there were all good players. Um, Steve Stallard, um, Mark Stallard, Jamie Foxx. Mark Stallard, yeah, yeah, sorry, Jamie uh, Stallard, yeah, Steve Stallard, somebody else. Um, um, Jamie Forrester, uh, I think um, Alan Marriott was in goal. Yeah. So they were all good lads, I believe, Beavers, I think it was around the time. And all good lads, all good pros. So to just to, to sort of like be in charge of them, but not necessarily, they, 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 they could manage themselves. They were experienced pros. So we were just, Put a team out to uh, to do it. First game, we're at home against Peterborough, who were flying top of the league, and um, we took the lead, and we uh, we we held on until about the about the 89th minute, and uh, conceded a goal, which would have been uh, which was coming, if you're fair. But it was disappointing when you lose when you concede later on, and then we went to uh, Brentford and uh, defended. Just they were they were another team that was up there. Terry Butcher was their manager. And uh, and we just we defended for ninety minutes and unfortunately conceded with about twenty minutes to go, twenty five minutes to go, and uh, couldn't uh, 
couldn't get it back. Like you say, there, there were a lot of pros in that team, a lot of very good footballers, weren't they? Do you think you, was it a slight element then of, of what we call now, I, I suppose, imposter syndrome in terms of the fact that you were the man, certainly from what you were saying there, that had to take charge of these lads. And it seems like you're saying that they felt like they didn't need necessarily someone to come in and tell them what to do. Is that the is that Yeah, I don't, know whether that's, I don't know whether that's the case. I think it was more that they could, they were experienced pros that could self-manage play so you you went or you picked the team there was, there was never there was no interference by the, from the from the players on that side there was no of them saying um I'm not playing now I'm going to go and play uh I'm going to play right wing or whatever. you know I'm not going there was none of that they just they took the guidance and we changed shape a little bit and uh um they they took that on board but they didn't need that much that much coaching they just uh they were they were good group they just come on on a bit of they were just on a bad run was there a time then, because you mentioned just then that you said you didn't feel like you were ready. Was there a time in any of those two, three, or even four, depending on what yeah, the numbers say? Yeah. Was, was there a time where you felt like you were ready, like you wanted it? Yeah, there was There was once when um, I think we were in the National League. Then it was after after Steve Tilson left. And uh, there was a there was a good group. Another, I say another good group. We've always had good groups of lads. And... Um, we had a, a decent little. We had, a, had about. I think I took them for about four games. Um, unfortunately, results weren't weren't great, but performances were good. And uh, they won the first game at Alfreton, and um, we just uh, we just came on. We had. I think it was um, Cambridge away on a Friday night. Got done by a um, a free kick. Uh, we 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 played well. We had we created chances, and uh, unfortunately couldn't put them away. And uh, I think Jez was in charge of uh, um, of Cambridge at the time, and he said oh, he, he come after the game and said, you know, you, the lads, your lads didn't half put a shift in for you there, and you know you were the least, you know, the, I wouldn't say the better team, but he said, but well, you deserve more of the game than what you got. And uh, so that that was that that fills you with confidence. You know, the, the lads are playing for you. And, and fans were fans were calling for you at the time as well. There was a lot of people at the time saying, "Give it to Grant. He does a he deserves his opportunity, and b it seems like it's working." Okay, a short space of time that you had to deal with it, but there were there were certainly, you know, murmurings from the fans saying, "Give it to Grant." Did you feel that support from them as well? Yeah, it, it, it was all positive. Even in um, you know after the. Uh, after even after the Cambridge game, the the uh, the, the fans were positive. There, uh, there wasn't so much social media back then, I don't think, but uh, uh, it's like it is now. But yeah, it was all it was positive, and that felt as though it was good. Um, we had a the next game though, we got a bit on stuff. We played at home against um, Jamie Vardy playing, and uh, he he he, I think he he scored a few, get two or three against us, and we ended up. It was like a, I think it was a live on on, on uh, Sky, and. Um, we got beat about three or four at home, which is never a good. So you sort of think then that it might not, might not happen. And uh, um, and then there was interviews, and um, David Allsworth got a job. And as it turned out, the David had to turn around a load of players. There was a lot of players that were on had been on decent money in the in the playing the football league, and obviously now we dropped down. We were in the national league. There was a big, a big changeover with um, 
with wage structures and stuff like that. So he he'd had to come in his I think his remit was that uh, to to change the squad around, you know, um, should cut the budget, uh, get players out, get players in, and he had the the contacts to be able to do that, and uh, he, he he got appointed. We are racing through this, by the way. So I want to get on to, to your coaching because I'm right in saying you've you've done your A license. You did it at, at Lidderschul. Have I pronounced that right? Lidderschul, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what was that process like? I believe Roy Keane was there at the time. Did you spend any time with Roy? Any dealings with him? What was he like? Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about the overall process because it seems to be quite a laborious one. There seems to be a lot of things you've got to cover. Yeah, we were there for... Um it's two, two, it took you the year to do it. We did two weeks um, straight down at uh, at Lillishall and um, uh, did your work and then uh, came back, put it into practice what you'd been taught and then went back for the more learning and final assessment. Um, but you, Roy was on the first one. Roy was, he was just about to take the Sunderland job and so... He'd come on. He was a bit surprised because the way they used to do it, they used to do a um, a one for ex pros or for pros to do the, still to, to do the license, and then like a, a public one. So there was two two uh, A license camps going on in the summer, and I was a bit surprised that Roy hadn't gone on the um, on the first one. But I think he just he was just finishing playing or just finished playing. Obviously, got the Sunderland job was going, but you needed to have a A license qualification to get the to get the, the job. I think at the time. So uh, he jumped, he was on the course and he was a good lad, a really good lad. He, um, um, we, we do, um, because it was like people, the general public out there, they were coming in doing the air, like, not, not just general, but like coaching, but not like they played the game. And he, um, so you get the lads that they would come up and you can tell them a mile off. They've got the, the socks pulled up and they've got the shin pads on for a training session where if it's, Players we just wear wouldn't wear wouldn't bother wear uh, um, shin pads wouldn't bother you know just white tennis socks sort of thing yeah, that's what you wear Darth. and uh, so he did that so you always you you, you sort of like clock them and and he'd um, he clocked it and we're doing something one day and the uh, like a bit of a it was a phaser player and uh, the ball the ball's bouncing now if it's two pros you know that so you just you both pull out the tackle. But I think the ball's bouncing. It's Roy, and it's this, and it's somebody else. One of the like uh, uh, one for, you know, on the course, and um, I think this is not going to go well because that player's not going to pull out because he's going to want to have a tackle. Ah, done. I, I beat Roy t- Roy Keane in a tackle, and I thought Roy's not going to pull out, and the ball's bouncing. He's just got just um, took the ball, took the ball clearly, but took the lad out and I think everybody from then on thought, yeah, don't mess with Roy. And the lad never coached again. <laughs> well, he coached, but he, he, um, he didn't, he didn't, uh, um, he didn't go to 50-50s with Roy. Roy got a bit of a, a, a free run with things then, but uh, he was a good lad, great on a, we would go out, he would, he would drive us, he would, he would, um, he would have a Coke or something mm-hmm. like that and, uh, you know, leave it there. We'd have a couple of beers and he'd take us back and um, he, he was just one of the lads. He didn't, he didn't come across as being um, anything other than another guy? It's it's a long. Is it a long process getting those 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 badges? And is it a fair process? Because from the people that I speak to, and whether you listen to podcasts or or see people speaking on the on the TV or whatever, 
there seems to be a reoccurring theme that there's a lot that goes into it and you don't necessarily get quite as much out of it as as the amount you put in all of the time. And that's both financially it can be, yeah. but also time-wise. Is Basically, is football in this country a football in this country encouraging young coaches enough a f- a f- good question but I think the way that the air license structured now is a lot better Shane who I work with has, uh, has just completed his air license Shane Clark and um, uh, by talking to him and um, seeing what he has to do to have passed his air license um, the challenges the, the stuff it's far better than far more advanced now than what it ever used to be I think it's, I think it is geared towards um, the ex-players, um, but then also you've got the pro license that goes beyond that to the, to the next stage, which uh, um, is a is a, a longer drawn out process, I think. But now I think I think the uh, it's improved now. You don't go to you don't go away for two weeks now. It's it's ongoing. You have club visits to watching the you, to check that you practice. You you you're doing what you are taught to do on those uh, on those get-togethers and. Yeah, there's a lot more, a lot more stuff, a lot more presentations where we never had to stand up in front of the group and and speak. Um, they have to do presentations to groups, group presentations, as if you were running a club, as if you were manager, coaching of a club, and um, how you would, um, how would you structure things. You mentioned Shane Clark there. I want to ask about him and Jack Hobbs because they're now working with you at the FCV. Academy, FCV, FCV International Football Academy, FCV International Football Academy. Talk to me a little bit about that and then we'll come back slightly on to both playing career and I, there's a few little things I want to touch on with your coaching career again. So yeah, tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, when I left Lincoln um, as a coach, uh, I was out walking the dog one day and um, bumped into um, an old ex- ex-teammate, Steve Welsh, who... Uh, um, it seen that I was out of, work, out of work, and he said, "Oh, he said that say that uh, FCV are, uh, are, are looking for a coach." Cause, and he said, "I said, what, what they like?" And he said, "Well, I he used to go down there and work on a Saturday on a weekend down there." And he said, "Oh, they're good. Yeah, it's good, good setup. Everything." He said, "Base in Stamford, it's not far away." And uh, so he said, uh, I'll, "I'll give you the details uh, to have the job." So applied for the job, got the job. Anyway, we what we are is uh, we boys from all over the world, literally all over the world. Will come over the, the, mainly to do um, B Tech for education, but there's also we got some good lads who actually probably would have been in the system over here in the, in the academy system over here if they'd be if they live in this country, but they come from countries that don't don't provide that that uh, service. So we'll have we've got a lot of Nigerian kids, got Australians, uh, we do have European ones, we have South Americans, um, so literally. All over the world, they'll come, and uh, we get we got some good players. We got some good lads that we that we do our best to to get out to to clubs here, whether that's on trial or um, uh, we just had one boy that uh, went to um, Wayne Rooney's club in America, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, Dallas. Dallas United. Dallas. Dallas. I want to say Dallas Cowboys. DC. Yeah, DC United. That's it. That's it. That's it. DC United's on Dallas, and so boy went over there for. for a week's trial, so we, the, the standard of uh, of play we can we get is, uh, is is can be good, um, but also we have ones that are just learned again. They read the the back at home. All they've had is um, like a, a cage or a six aside pitch to play on, and not never played eleven aside before. 
So they come over mainly for education, but to play football as well and trying to try and improve. But knowing that there's Korean footballs probably is not that's not going to happen for them. But uh, they want to enjoy themselves. So we 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 have a balance between like the, the sort of like elite players uh, or our, our elite players, not uh, and uh, and I'd like um, development players that come for for more recreational stuff. Brilliant stuff. Listen, I've got a I got a list of topics that I had, and we had you talking about coaching, and then we veered off slightly. My fault. I want to go back to around about 2011. So the club is relegated for you. Yeah. With this club in your heart and, and what you know of it, what did it feel like for you? Just how bad was it around that time? I don't think you realise at the time what the implications of getting uh, relegated. You just It's like it happened to other clubs. I know it happened to, it, it, it had happened to Lincoln before, but it was, that, that was a different situation. And uh, until the true implications happened about how it affected so many people, so many people's jobs, um, the, the the funding the way it works uh, for the academy um, was you know, we had to cut back. There was you got half money for the first two years, and then the money stopped. Um, we had to keep it going. Um, Chris Moises he uh, he helped the academy keep it go to keep it going with uh, um, uh, the investment that he gave in, which was a big help. kept the, kept us going for those certainly for those two years, and. Um, uh, and so it's, it's late when you look back and you think, God, this is how bad it is. But at the time, it was like sad because you're getting relegated, but you don't, you don't truly know the, the implications until it actually, until it actually happens. Mm. And uh, you learn to, to, to uh, um, you know, instead of going to um, football league clubs, mm. no disrespect at all to the, to the clubs, you're going to, to lesser clubs and, um and the, and sometimes they're beating you because they've got good players, and just because like the the, the size of the club is smaller than that doesn't mean that they that you've got a divine right to go win football matches. It's a tough league to get the national league. As any team that gets relegated from the league will find that it's a really tough. There's some good teams in there that uh, they play to their strengths and and have got some really good players. So it was it was a, an eye opener to see us. Um, in that league and to see us getting beat against some of the teams that we would ex- that we and the fans would expect to beat comfortably but we didn't because they were they were good they were good teams genuinely concerning at the time that this club financially could i mean we know that it was it was in a spot of bother but yeah. that could actually drop down even further because we've seen it with many other clubs that are on a similar size yeah. to to this one yeah i think more you see it more now that that, it, that what happened to me like, with Darlington. Darlington dropped out of the league uh, before us, and they almost they, well they did go out of existence, and they were hopefully on the on the uh, you know climbing the leagues again now. Um, but yeah, we uh, it was. I think there was an interview I saw after the game. I think, I think it was from the, the chairman from Bob, and he was he was very honest with the fans and he, that, it, and he came out and said it's going to be tough to get us back in the league there's you know we haven't got lots of money to throw at it to get back in the league he was being honest but I think the time probably the fans needed to hear a, a, a fight that was going to happen we we're going to you know, we we're going to make all do all efforts to get back in the league at, um, at the first goal but it, he was just being really honest and said you know the, the club hasn't got the finances to to do that we, you know, we might find ourselves in this league in a few years 
Yeah, and then five years on from from the 2011 relegation, you and and Chris leave at this at the same time. Am I right in saying? Yeah, was we left. It was, it was, yeah, we left at um, the same time. Just you know, the, the um, Clive came on board. Yeah. Uh, he had his ideas. He wanted to bring uh, Nicky and Danny in, and uh, you know, can't really say it went wrong, did I? <laughs> it went a bad decision, but that, that's football. You, you, these things, these things happen, and uh, it turned out it's good decisions for the club. Um, so yeah, so it's, and you were still coming as a fan anyway, and still working with the club, still enjoying everything that had, had, you know the fruits of that labour, if you like. Yeah, I think I left the club, and all my family came and worked here full time. <laughs> Jordan came. Um, my daughter was working in on match days, hospitality, and match days in the office. Uh, my wife was um, she'd started to work full time, I think, or, or more of a more regularly anyway. Not if not might not being full time and. Uh, so yeah, I left and they all jumped in. So there's always a brown here. <laughs> Listen, we're about half an hour in and we've not even talked about your playing days yet. So take me back to what it was like when you first signed that pro contract. And am I right in saying that you lived with a certain Steve Thompson for a while? And if so, <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> Could you get a word in edgeways? Um, no, Tom, I would like to talk. But I mean, I first signed my first pro contract when I was at Leicester. And I came, but I came here on loan in the, I think I signed the first pro contract in 87 and uh, came here and uh, originally on loan. And then I think it was January the 1st was my, I signed as a, as a, as a pro here. Um, but yeah, I came and Tomo and, um, and Julie were, were good enough to, uh, to let me stay in their spare room. And uh, it was, it was fun. A lesson in life and football. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, in equal measures. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom was obviously was coming towards the end of his of his playing days, and um, but was a was a really good playing partner to play next to because he would um, back in those days it was big man little man so he had a big centre forward and little centre forward. I would I was quite mobile and uh, uh, and relatively quick back then, and uh, Tomo would would take care of the the big one. And I would take care of the uh, of the little one um, running off him, so we were quite a good partnership. And um, yeah, I, would, I won't go into there was we had a, we used to go on the ferry boat in uh, in Washburn because he, he lived in Washburn, and uh, yeah, quite a few of the uh, only obviously never before a game, never never there was back in the day you had a con and your contract it was I don't know, still the same, but on the contract you're not allowed to be in unlicensed premises forty eight hours before. I was written into the contract. I was written in the contracts. So used to, yeah, even the forty-eight hours before um, the fixture. So, uh, so we we never did that. But we, if we didn't have a midweek game, we'd maybe have a couple of beers on a on a Monday. And um, we used to go and watch the reserves play. We used to the reserves we used to play on a, on, a, on the on the main pitch on a sat on a on a Monday afternoon. So they they would come in in the morning and train and not do a light session. Then they'd go to get something to eat. We also used to go to the Ripping Arms, so uh, just around the corner there, and um, they would just they would have like an orange juice or whatever and something to eat, and then come they'd come back and play. We'd have a couple of beers, come watch the, watch the game, and then maybe have a couple of beers after the, with the game with the lads, and then uh, then we might go to the ferry boat, and then we'd end up uh, going back to to um, uh, to Tomo's, but uh, that was alright for Tomo because. He, he didn't. He didn't really train. Certainly, the first part of the week, his knees injuries and all that sort of stuff. But so we'd have a 
few beers he would just have a nice next nice day the next day like just having a, doing a few weights and a few sit-ups and that sort of thing and i was having to go out and uh and run around back then but uh you could do it back then i think when i was 19 you could run around and do those things but uh tom was tom was good tom learned a lot from tom as a player um uh and um and they, they looked after it. julie was julie's great still is still see them and uh um you know, it's uh, they were good people to look after. Yeah. So he was one of the key influences for you. Who yeah. else, particularly around this club, was a uh, was well, was someone that you looked to either as a mentor, as a bit of inspiration, or as an influencer? Murph signed me, so um, you know he he was a disciplinarian, but he was funny as well. So uh, so he, he was good. Um, John Pickering, who sadly is no longer with us, who was a really good, excellent coach, and. Uh, Made, tra- made training sessions, you know, you learned from them, but they were they were fun as well. Um, so that they were good people to have around. Um, Scoey, we, we had a we had a nice group of lads. It was we almost seemed like we had somebody lived in um, Manchester. Some people lads lived in Sh- in Sheffield. Uh, so and there was only a few of us that were based in Lincoln. So uh, um, but it was good. It was good good place to be. The lads would come in. They would nobody was ever late. Would uh, would train hard together. And um, and we go off and do our things, our own things, sort of thing. But uh, uh, it was good. Good. Murphy created. A, he always created. Um, you know, it was a camaraderie. He wanted a camaraderie around the players and in the dressing room. And uh, we we had a pretty good team. We just missed out on the playoffs that year, and uh, Colin left, and um, Tom took over. About I think I think it was Alan Clark took over from him he fortunately didn't didn't quite work out for him and uh and tomo took over probably I think it was before christmas tomo was then the manager and uh he was he was good to work for really good to work for and then if we fast forward to 1998 the success comes yes back in the football league yeah champions yeah well, the pinnacle of your career yeah it's always when you it's successful i had a bad i had a uh, my season didn't start until the February. Uh, I'd been injured. I'd had problems with my um, uh, pelvis and uh, groin area, and um, I did to say I I missed most of the, uh, the first part of the season. John Beck was was manager at that time, and I would go and see him. And say, look, I'm I'm out of contract then the season. Um, can I go out on loan? Can I play some games? Because I said that you know you, the team's doing well. You're not going to change the 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 the, the, the way the players the uh, the lads in the team, and, uh, and he said no. He said you're not going out anywhere. He said uh, I'll need you before the end of the season, and I said but I'm out of contract. And he said don't care. He says it's uh, you contracted to us. Uh, you stay. And I thought fine enough. One it's like you could look at it being selfish on his behalf, and but then you think well maybe I've still got a part to play, and. Uh, was there any sorry to interrupt? Was there any point in that time where you're thinking, okay, well, if I come back and we do well and we go up or whatever, and I play well, then I can get a get a contract at the club and stay here. It was all, that was always my aim. I was, you know, I'd been here for seven years previously, so it was uh, seven or eight years. So it was always my. I never wanted to to really, to to leave, both for for football reasons, but also for family. Family was settled. Wife's here. I'd, um, my first, my Jordan was born. Uh, my wife was pregnant with uh, with Amelia, so um, it was 
it was made more sense for me to stay here. But if you don't, if you don't got a contract, then you can't stay here. But uh, it, it worked out well. We we played. I got back in the team as in mid February, and um, just about stuck stuck into it till the end till the uh, for the rest of the season. And then the the promotion party that followed. Yeah, where, don't where are we talking? Iron Apple. <laughs> I didn't think I went. The boys went to Ayanapo because we used to they used to go to Ayanapo. For some reason, I think it's maybe, I don't want to say it's because my wife was pregnant. I don't know what it was. Um, I didn't go. I didn't go that year. Is this um, the story? You, did, you didn't go. I didn't know I didn't go. <laughs> I, 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 no, I didn't go. I, 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 we, used to put, we used to save money each each week. They would just take money out of wages and put it to one side. And so we had, so we had a, a, some money to go on holiday with. And for, uh, I think, I don't, know what, what's that? I don't know why I didn't go, but that year I didn't go. I'd been previous years and had a had a good time, <laughs> enjoyed it. There was, was it always Iron Napper or was it a different? No, uh, it was always Iron Napper. I think a few of the lads, uh, even when even when they, they left clubs and gone, they always went back to to Iron Napper as a as a like about four or five of them, five or six of them. They always used to go back there. So we always had a, had a great time. It was brilliant. I mean, it was at this, probably just at the start where everybody was used to go to Magaluf and. Um, some of them I said, oh, we'll go to uh, uh, Iron Apple. It was John Beckett introduced it because he said um, when he came in, in uh, when he first got the job, he came and said, right, if, if we stay up, um, we'll have a, we'll go away at the end of the season. And that, that galvanized us. We just wanted, it gave us a, a reason, not just, not just personal reasons, but gave us a, a target there to aim for. If we got that, we've got something to look forward to at the end of the season. And uh, we did that, stayed up that season and then like, two years later or a year later we were um, we were getting promotion but you need that don't you you need A something to aim at other than just on the pitch and you need if, if we look at Jack Grealish off the back of last season you know plenty of people had a lot to say about his you know quote unquote antics if you like but he was the first to say come on I've been playing for 11 months now you when you were a player were probably playing for at least nine and a half ten months at nine a time months, yeah, yeah. you need that break don't you of course you, you do He's not going to do any. I mean, I, I think was, I watched the, some of the stuff on YouTube, and, and, that, and I thought it was brilliant. I thought he enjoyed himself, and that's what that's what one is what life's about. It's what football's about. You've got to enjoy it. But you've got to enjoy what you do. It's it's uh, you can be serious all the time, but there's got to be a, a time when you know you've won the treble. Why can't you celebrate winning the treble? You should you should always celebrate winning things, being successful. And he gets too much criticism for my liking, but. His, his performances on the pitch last season he might have deserved it because his performances were a bit up and down um, but his performances this year have been fantastic we took a couple of questions at you we might have already covered them already but toughest moment at the club whether it was part of the coaching staff whether it's part uh, of a, as a player and um, your best moment or if it is the promotion tell us a couple of other yeah. top moments that stand um, toughest moments if you, when you get beat, the, 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 the game I spoke about earlier, that was quite tough. The, the one we got beat at home on the, I think it was a Friday night. It was a, a, a where was it? Was it, um, was it, would a Fleetwood, would it be Fleetwood Vardy used to play for? Yeah. yeah, it was Fleetwood that beat us comfortably. That was, yeah. that was tough. Um, I've had a couple of games where we got beat 7 1. Played away at, uh, Colchester got beat 7 1 away at, at Bury. They were tough. Um, because we knew, the manager wanted us to play a certain way, whether we're winning 1-0, losing 1-0, losing 3-0, winning 3-0, we had to play the same way. So high tempo, playing, and it was like, 
we weren't get we weren't going to win the games. We, for in my thought, we should have shut up shop and just keep it keep it at four. But no, we had to keep going quick. Just kept up. We kept conceding goals. So two seven ones were tough to take. Um, best bits, obviously, you see promotion. You work all season uh, to get promotion. That's a target at the beginning of the season. We did that. But the cup run we had um, a year previously, I think it was, when we uh, we went and beat we beat Man City. Um, that was memorable. Man City weren't the club they are now, but it's still a big scalp, massive scalp for us. And playing down at Southampton, taking Southampton to a replay and only getting beaten here by a, a dubious penalty decision. Interesting. Um, if we move it on forward now, of course, I believe you're a bit of a golf obsessy. If you're like, well, what, 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 what have you been to my wife? Please, <laughs> <laughs> well, son. Um, yeah. Tell us what handicap, how competitive are you a player? Um my handicap's eight point five, um, which is which is okay, but not the best in the family because my brother plays off about two, so that's a gut wrenching. Um, uh, am I competitive? Yes. Do I get frustrated? Very, uh, very often as well. But yeah, I love it. I've, I've it's, it's um, that's what I can keep competitive is keep competitive with. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a very competitive person. I want to to uh, to win in everything I do, but um, and golf allows me to to challenge other people that you either know or you don't know that that um, to to a game of, of sport. I can keep keep uh, playing, and uh, um, so I, I love that. We go away on holidays, uh, golf and trips. So we just come back from uh, I just come back a couple of weeks ago from uh, Gran Canaria, which is fantastic, uh, with my brother and my cousin and a mate. So uh, hoping that Jordan will come and join us on one of those ones um, because he's just taken up the game. Um, but did you beat your brother in Grand Canaria? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. We didn't. We we normally go to Scotland, and I, I, and it's it's nip and tuck through there. We've we've all had a, uh, my brother, my cousin, and myself have won up there before, and uh, we sort of like it was less. We didn't keep scores as well as what we should have done. Might have been something to do with a few beers the night before, but it was uh, the, the the place was was brilliant where we went to. Always so. blame it on the beers, Graham. We, listen, we could talk all day. We've been going for over forty minutes, so we'll wrap this one up. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for joining us on Sam. the podcast. Nice, nice talking to you. Mate. 